Hi, and welcome on How to Hack Your Brain Through Meditation. My name is Josh Bashinsky. I have a PhD, ABD, in neuroscience, psychology, and philosophy. I've been developing a system of meditation for over 30 years that blends the Eastern techniques and the Western techniques. And today I'd like to do a Western meditation, uh, or a Western contemplation, uh, more of a philosophy lesson, really, but it's so important, it's very, very important that you guys watch this one, because it's bringing you to a more conceptual understanding of the good. So I'm going to actually open my book, The Good, and I'm going to read a few passages and discuss what it means. And this is going to just change your life tremendously. This is going to revolutionize uh, your whole concept of good, of goodness, of value, of importance. It's going to put you on the right track for enlightenment. It's going to put you on the right track for having a happy life, a better life. So I highly recommend you watch this video. It's very important to get the Western understanding of the good kind of under your belt, so to speak, so it can inform your meditation. So let's get right to that. So this is my book called Tao Agathos, and it's about the good. It's about importance, it's about value, it's about morality, and it's about reaching enlightenment. And Tao Agathos is a combination of two different words from two different languages. Tao, of course, is from Mandarin. It means the spirit, the path, or the truth. And Agathos is the ancient Greek word for the good. Uh, it means goodness, positivity, joy, enlightenment. It was Plato's central idea, or Eidos. And uh, I take the two different philosophies, the East and the West, and I put them together. And that's, we because we, we need to do that. We need to put them together to get the full understanding of the good and the path of how to get there and how to get enlightenment. I feel that both philosophies together, understood in this way, is the proper way to understand the good and to obtain it. So, uh, welcome to the good. And uh, I get started right away by saying, what's the good, or what's good, is the optimal feeling of positivity. So what is that, the optimal feeling of positivity? It's just that. It's the most advantageous uh, scenario, but it's also the, the highest rarefied feeling of goodness, of joy, of positivity. And it's all of these concepts mixed into one. And so we're seeking a system, we're seeking a, a procedure, we're seeking a Tao, we're seeking a method, but we're also seeking a state, uh, a flux state, if you will. It, uh, it's joy upon joy, it's positivity upon positivity, that you kind of live in it. You kind of get in the zone of the good and you can feel the goodness. It's like being in a beam of sunlight and the darkness and badness and everything else is gone and, and receded and moved away from you. And the good also has another facet to it, which is this. The maximal optimal feeling of positivity is the good. I also say the maximal optimal feeling of positivity, positivity is the most good. So now there's also another concept of the good that you need to understand, and it's very important for your life to understand this, is that the good has no roof, to use a metaphor. The good is the gooder. The good, there is no best. There's better and better and better and better and better and better, and you're always seeking what's better and better and better and better. Conceptually speaking, the good has no limit. A value has no limit. Importance has no limit that we can logically see or need to infer. Practically speaking, on the Tao side, practically speaking, I'm sorry to say, 
I don't mean to sound like a pessimist because that's wrong, as I've said in previous uh, uh, classes and as I say in this book. But practically speaking, there's going to be a, a maximality to what you could probably obtain in the here and now. But theoretically speaking, abstractly speaking, the good has no limit. It is, it is infinite positivity. It's infinite joy. It's infinite goodness. It is a way of life. In fact, I argue it is the way of life, if your life is to have any meaning and goodness in it. And it is a philosophy to hold. And again, I argue it is the philosophy to hold. Again, if you want your life to have any goodness or positivity in it, if you wish to be moral, if you wish to be justified, if you wish to be fully righteous and you wish to be fully enlightened, you must embrace and adopt Dal Agathos. So don't worry right now about the consequences of this thought. Don't worry that I'm going to make you change your mind in bad ways. I'm not. I'm going to make you change your mind in good ways, or at least I'm going to present the option for you to change your mind in good ways. Open your mind and open your heart now only to the mere possibility of the good. The possibility of something better. The possibility of something that brings us together. Wouldn't that be nice? The possibility of something that resolves all conflicts. The possibility of something even more good than you could have imagined. The human species has strived and longed for morality. They've looked high and low. They have argued for the last 2,500 years, if not much longer, the human species has argued about what's the good since we've been the human species. That probably is our defining characteristic that separates us from the animals. As Aristotle said, we are the political animals. But what he really meant, and I think if you translate the Greek better, is that we are the moral animals. We are the animals who look up and ask why. Nobody else asks why. No other animal asks why, unless we teach it to. Right? Uh, Alex the parrot never asked why, unless we taught it to do that. Coco the gorilla never asks why, unless we teach it how to do that. We teach it that telos exists, purpose exists, the good exists, morality exists, righteousness is a thing, justification is a thing. And we've been searching for that. We've been yearning for it, longing for it. And maybe you too have been searching for that without even realizing you're searching for it. Unlike me, which I palpably knew I was searching for it, desperately. But everyone searches. Everyone longs to know what the good is. Everyone yearns to be righteous. Everyone longs to be righteous. And so I'm just asking you here at this part of the book to consider the possibility that I might have found it. I'm not telling you that I found it right away. I'm saying just consider the possibility of it. Allow yourself to hope a little bit that I've found the good. I've found it. I didn't find it. Plato found it, actually. I don't think he fully realized what he found, and he put it on his desk, and he went on and looked at a bunch of other stuff. When he should have turned around and doubled down on that weird artifact he found. Hmm, interesting. Boop, boop, boop. It has buttons. You know, some alien artifact this ancient Greek found. Oh, wow. 
anyway, let's go talk about justice. You know, that was Plato, right? If I'm his reincarnation, I'm not making that same mistake. I'm doubling down on the good because the Tao Agathos, because it is the important thing. It is importance. Nothing is more important than understanding importance. You cannot define anything as important if you do not fully understand and appreciate what importance means. And that's the problem, is that the world does not fully understand and appreciate what goodness means. They think they do, but they don't. They get a Coles Notes version in their little bit of education, and then they move on to make all kinds of decisions based on this haphazard concept. They do not fully comprehend, they do not fully appreciate. And that's why the world goes to shit. That's why it all goes wrong. Human beings are computers that have a slot in their, in their brain for insert moral concept here. And when you put that moral concept here, they make all kinds of decisions by it. If they don't have that moral concept, they go, oh, I don't know what to do. Uh, I'm not sure what's moral here. You give them a moral concept, they go, okay, we should murder a million people because we want their oil. Or they go, okay, we should feed these people because that would be empathic or that would be according to empathy. They go, okay, we are the Nazi race and we are the strongest and so we are going to dominate the rest of the planet through warlike measures and systematically murder and do all the terrible things that the terrible people do. And they're not terrible people. Nobody is a terrible person. It's not because of their genes that they made those terrible decisions. It is only because of their faulty moral concept. They got through a faulty education So it's the education that's faulty, and the exact thing that's faulty is that we lack the good. We lack an understanding of the good. We do not have Tao Agathos. And our species desperately needs it now more than ever on the brink of our own self-created climate apocalypse self-destruction. So I'm just asking you here to consider the possibility that I might have found it. The possibility that the answer you've sought all your life that will make your life better is in this very book. Just consider the possibility of it. You can always reject it later if it doesn't suit you. But you do not have the luxury of rejecting the good of my argument of what it is or even knowing it if you do not give my argument at least a moment of honest consideration. You don't have the luxury of rejecting it if you don't read this book. Everybody thinks they do. Everybody thinks they have the luxury of rejecting all kinds of arguments. Ah, I don't want to read that article. Ah, I don't want to read his argument. You think you have the luxury of rejecting the truth of those arguments because you have the luxury of time of just not reading them. That's not the same thing. That's not the same thing. You may have the luxury of being dumb all you like being uneducated, and missing many important truths. Fine, fine. I'm not saying you have to learn anything. But you don't have the luxury of rejecting the truth of them because you never read them. So reject all the rest if you want, but don't reject this. This is the most important thing, the goodest thing that will ever have happened to you. Give me five more minutes. Five more minutes. And we'll take a look at what the good is. Okay. So please try to understand the following. What is the good? There, there have always been three primary human questions. What? 
what is, what's going on, what is, how, how is it going on, how do we know what's going on. The first one is called ontology in classical philosophy. Ontos being the Greek word for being or reality. Logos being the word for logic, systematic, rational study of. So the first is the ontological question, what is reality, what is? The second question is called epistemology. How is? How do we know? That is the study episteme. Again, these are all Greek words, of course. A kind of knowledge, a scientific knowledge, a kind of rational understanding of the previous question, what is? And the final and most important question, should I do X? Why do X? So what, how, and why are the three primary human questions? What's going on? How do we know? How do we do it? Why? And that third question is the value of the moral question. And quite frankly, the concept of the good is the answer to the value or moral question. The should, the why. Why should we do it? Because this is better than this. This is better than that. This is better than this. That's why. In fact, the good is the answer to all three questions, quite frankly. How's that? There's nothing more important than asking what's important. I can ask you, what's this? How, is, how do we know about this? But none of that matters until we ask, what's important? The concept of importance is the most important concept in reality. Prima facie, by de facto standard, nothing is more important than importance. It's the most important. It's the most of itself. Its being is what it is. So that's why the good and how. How do we do it? Well, the better way. That would be a good start. <laughs> how, how, how do we know? How do we do, do it? Whatever way is goodest, whatever way is best, whatever way is better. So the value question supersedes all three questions. It doesn't really matter what's going on or how we know until we figure out should we do it or and why. Right? All the questions relate to each other. And so the good is the answer to all three questions in, in a very important way, pun not intended. In that, what is real doesn't really matter to what's important. And how do we do it doesn't really matter until we understand a concept of, well, the better way would be better. Why? Because it's better. The good has self-justification. I don't need to argue for the good. I don't need to tell you that what's ideal would be ideal. I don't have to tell you that what's optimal would be optimal. Why are we doing what's ideal? Because it's ideal. Why do we seek what's optimal? Because it's optimal. That's what the word means. It's optimal. It is the best thing to do. Why are we going to do the best thing? Because it's the best thing. There's no, there's no other reasons required. There's no other reasons desired. Uh, there's no other reasons that we could possibly supply. Other than why are we doing what's best? Uh, because it's best. The question is, why aren't you doing what's best? That's the question. Why, why aren't you doing what's best? Why don't you have a full understanding of what's best? That would be best. And why aren't you seeking what's best overall? And why aren't you seeking what's best in every single little scenario? It's the only thing that justifies you. It's the only thing that purifies you. It's the only thing that makes you righteous. And it's the only thing that saves you. 
It's seeking the good, the goodest. But what is it? Well, the good is a concept. It's no different than any other abstract concept, such as math or logic. Nothing spooky there. Except the good has uh, two things, relative logical and emotional superiority. It has two things, logical superiority and emotional superiority. So what is logical superiority? It's just the logic, the internal logic of those sentences I said. Why do what's ideal? Because it's ideal. Why seek what's optimal? Because it's optimal. Logically, the good is, the gooder is the gooder. The best is the best. That's what the word best means. And logic is nothing but the rules of meaning of language. And language is nothing but representative uh, symbols that represent concepts, that represent situations, scenarios, that represents something else. So the good has logical superiority. It also has emotional superiority. There are no other, and this is where we get more into the Eastern meditative side, there is nothing that feels better than meditating upon the good, than feeling the good. Um, no concept, right? There's no concept that makes you feel better than better. There's no concept that makes you feel gooder than goodness, than the good. So out of all the spectrum of concepts to which we are going to worship, to all the spectrum of concepts to which we are going to devote our lives and our philosophy and our method, our Tao, to, the good has emotional superiority and it has logical superiority. The good is our valuation or evaluation concept. The good is capital v, v value. Capital V value is the good. Max value equals gooder equals the good. Again, the good has no house, has no limit. Gooder equals the good equals max value. I apologize I have to break into these kinds of English because sadly there's no English word that really encapsulates the telos of the good, the the fact that it has, uh, I have to use a metaphor to say, again, that it has no roof. Abstractly speaking, it's infinite. It's infinite goodness, infinite joy, infinite positivity. There is no limit to it. There's no easy uh, way to say in, in, in English that the good has no limit. There's no ending I can put on the word good that makes sense. Gooding, that's the Tao. We're practicing the good. Gooder, that's what we're seeking, always. Goodest, that's what we're seeking practically in terms of the Tao, that there's there's going to probably be only a limit of options for us in the practical life. And one will be evidently the goodest, evidently the goodest situation to bring about, evidently based on the evidence. But we could always be wrong and we could always get better. And so there's always that, that quotient of being able to get better. So I'm always saying max value. What is max value? Well, in abstract, max value is maximal value, infinite value. In the Tao, in practical situations, it's going to be some probably finite option that we identify. Hopefully, I hope we identify the one, the, the finite option that has max value. That would be doing a good job. That would be seeking the good. That would be gooding. That would be gooder. So that's the internal consistent logic. So just remember, max value equals the good. The good equals max value in every way, shape, or form. But what makes the good so good? And this is the socio-political 
aspect of the good. That is so important to remember, that we need to remember for every aspect of our lives. The good is the good because, and insofar as, it feels good for each. The good is the good because it feels good, and the good is the good because, and only insofar as, it feels good for each. That for each part is the most important part that we forget. Everyone is intimate with the good because you're a human being and we concept, we, we process the good. Whether you ever thought of it in these more robust, abstract terms or not, which is required for full meditative uh, enlightenment uh, and a happy, the best possible life. I've single-handedly destroyed my anxiety and depression by contemplating these concepts and by meditating upon them. You can improve your life too by doing the same. You don't need any drugs. You don't need to talk to anybody else. All you need is the good. I could sit in a room and meditate and do it the rest of my life. Taking a step back and getting back to this concept, the good is the good because and only insofar as it feels good for each. It is not enough for some person to dictate from on high that the good life is living as a farmer and you shall all now be farmers. You cannot dictate the good. So this is another mistake in our Tao Agathos. They've gone off the Tao, they've gone off the path, and they've let pride and misogyny, quite frankly, get in the way, and they thought they could dictate what everyone else's good is. Every ancient philosophy eventually devolved. Plato explains how they, how they devolve in the Republic. In book nine or eight, if I book eight, if I recall, the aristocracy, the gold class, digresses to the silver class, to the timocrats. Those who understand the rules, but they don't understand the why. Why? Because it's goodest. Dictating that everyone be a farmer, just as a fictitious example, is not goodest for everyone. Some people will not be happy being farmers. They're not suited to being farmers. They're suited to being painters or warriors or philosophers or something else. You cannot dictate that they will feel good. You cannot dictate that that is the good because you cannot dictate it will feel good for them. For those people who are suited to farming, they're like, great, thank you. <laughs> they go farming, right? That's fine. But that's the problem is that that dictation doesn't, doesn't make it true, doesn't make it accurate. And sadly, as we all know, you cannot dictate someone feel good and just make them feel good. If only that's how reality worked. If only. If only we could take away so much pain and suffering from someone by dictating, you will feel good now. Oh, and then they do. If only that's the way it worked. Sadly, as you well know, it does not. The good is a concept. It's our bulwark. It's our Tao. It's our path. It gives us the North Star of what we're pointing at, that if whatever good we think we're imposing upon the world, politically or socially, uh, or just even your own personal life that you're going along in your life, whatever good we think we're imposing upon the world, if it does not allow everyone to feel maximally good in their own way for their own reasons, then we have missed the mark. We have done wrong. We have calculated wrongly. We have done badly. We have calculated badly. We thought it would be fine if we dictated everyone must be straight, or we dictated everyone must be 
man or a woman and could not rechoose their gender. We have dictated wrong when we dictated that everyone had to be a farmer. That's not the good. The good is relative. It's objectively relative. It's like gravity. It changes for each observer, but it's always the same. It's always gravity. It's always the good. It's always what's the maximum we can do here for everyone involved, but it has to take into account every single person involved, every single rational evaluator who can stop to think this sucks. That's everyone we have to take into account because if they can't stop to think this sucks, then it doesn't for them. And there is a caveat there. You'd think, oh, we can knock everybody out and do whatever we want to them. No, you can't do that. That's too risky. No one asks for that unless they're going for surgery, right? There's only very special scenarios where you're allowed to knock people out and then do things to them. Because in the long term, it will suit their good. And it, it, is, it is more risky to not do that than do it. But then it's still a lesser of evil's decision. And doing evil is still doing evil, no matter how lesser. So there's no caveats. There's no ways around it. There's no haggling about it. If you are not in the good, if you have not made sure it's going to feel good for each, for everybody involved, then you're not doing the good. You could do better. And that's how you know. Have we done the good? Well, all five of us wanted to eat, but we got lazy, and so we went to this deli. But Melissa has a gluten intolerance, so she can't eat here. Have we done the good? No. You could do better. Melissa could eat with you too. She doesn't have to sit there like, okay, I guess I don't get to eat because you guys wanted to come here. That's not the good, and you know it's not. You know it's not. You could do better. You could have taken three extra steps and found a place where everybody could eat and nobody would be left out. That would be better. Now, I'm not saying that's a cardinal sin where those people need to be whipped or something and they shouldn't feel guilty. No one should ever feel guilty, quite frankly. It's not, it's, uh, not advantageous. It's not utilitous. It doesn't feel good. As long as everyone is seeking the good and is perfectly habituated to seek it, no one needs to feel guilty or fear ever. Those are useless emotions for broken moralities. But if they have fully habituated the philosophy of the good, when you have fully reached the top of the mountain for Dialagathos and you're enlightened, you will never feel guilty or fear again because you don't need to. You don't need those ad hoc evolutionary emotions. When uh, You only need the ad hoc evolutionary emotions when you're using ad hoc evolutionary morality. That is to say, the crappy morality that barely subsists in our society and not the true morality of Tao agathos of the good but anyone who's reached enlightenment already knows this anyone who hasn't doesn't and they will complain they will be confused and so the good is the good because and only insofar as it feels good for each if it does not feel goodest for everyone for all time then you have missed it and you'd be like well josh that's really hard to do i know Dear God, I know. Especially in this society where everyone is a zombie idiot running around doing anything that comes to their minds because they have no morality whatsoever. We are living in Sodom and Gomorrah. And I don't mean that in the moralistic way like they should feel shamed for this or that. They should feel shamed for not seeking the good. And until they fully seek the good and then they don't need shame anymore. Then they've reached enlightenment. So that's probably where I'll end today. 
The good is the most positive feeling in being, the most idyllic feeling in being, the most optimal feeling in being. And I invite you to feel it. I invite you to feel the most positive feeling in being, the most idyllic feeling in being, the most optimal feeling and the most optimal being. The good includes the feeling of liking something, whatever feels positive. Good is like. What do you like? Whatever you like and feeling of liking something, that's feeling the good. You're feeling goodness and positivity there. So I want you to contemplate these concepts, contemplate the wisdom of these concepts, meditate upon the wisdom of these concepts. And I want you to feel the most positive feeling, the most joyous feeling. I want you to elicit into your chest and I want you to be able to sit in it like a ray of sunshine. And I want you to feel the feeling of liking any little thing. I want you to blow that feeling of, of liking up and feel just liking, liking, just like life. Just feel that feeling. Conjure it, feel it, meditate upon it. Use all the Taoist methods I've shown you to possibly turn the dial of your soul to feeling it, to tune into positivity and feel it. We can do that. When you're enlightened, you can do that. You don't need any pot. You don't need any alcohol. When you've become enlightened, your own brain is your drug. So I want you to contemplate upon this. I want you to think upon this. And we'll tune in next time and we'll think and talk about it more. We'll see you then.